You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today, we're going to check in on our 2020 intentions. But first, let's start as we always do with Life Lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I have been obsessed with a phone game, which is (laughs) new for me. Neil and I had been playing a lot of actual boggle and he is better than me generally and i wanted to improve my boggle skills Uh so decided to download the phone game and have been playing it a lot and then neil started seeing me playing it and decided he wanted to join in so now we play on a team together like you both sit with your phone exactly and both find words awesome And it's just really enjoyable. It's been fun to see Neil into a smartphone game because that is very (laughs) not on brand for him. I feel like it's on brand for neither one of you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been a really fun way to connect and something that we can do just in those few moments if he's taking a break from work that we could sit down and play for 10 minutes and then go back to whatever we were doing. Love it. Highly recommend. If anybody wants to play me, just let me know. What's new with you? I want to share about our garden. I mentioned that we were putting in a garden, but the progress is coming right along. Andrew decided to build a dry stone wall, so without grout. And so he has built this amazing wall. Okay. And the other day, Plum and I planted seeds, sunflowers, marigolds, pumpkins, carrots, stuff like that. And it has just been so fun watching Plum watch the seeds come up has been amazing. Watching Andrew get really into this very physical but really beautiful project in our yard. Mm -hmm. It's making me feel more connected to our house and our space. It's just really fun. I love it and can't wait to hear more as things grow. You are inspiring me to take action. I wanted to do a garden this year but didn't feel like I had the capacity. But hopefully 2021 will be the year of the garden in our house. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What is your latest read, Sarah? I read The Flat Chair by Beth O'Leary. This book is set in London. Tiffy and Leon share a flat, but they've never met. (laughs) Tiffy has just left her boyfriend, doesn't have a lot of money, and needs to find a place quickly. And Leon works nights and needs to make extra money to help pay his brother's legal fees. So he puts out an ad for somebody to come and live there during the evening hours, and then he's in the flat during the day hours. Mm. They become friends by leaving post-it notes for each other throughout the apartment and getting to know each other that way. And then eventually they meet. One thing leads to another. (laughs) It was delightful, really clever and fun, but it also addressed some heavy topics like emotional abuse in relationships and a justice system that wrongly imprisons people, especially people of color. How topical. Yes. I would recommend this book. It was a lovely read, and I'm sure the audio would be excellent as well. What have you been reading? You mentioned this one in our Pandemic Favorites episode, Mm -hmm. and after you talked about it, I put it on my list and it came in. I read it. This is Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore. This is a historical romance set in Victorian England. It centers on Annabelle, one of the first female students at Oxford, and Sebastian, the Duke of Montgomery. So as you can imagine... There are all kinds of things that happen, and they interact together. And it's a romance, so they have lots of sexy times. They come together and apart. It was exactly what I needed to get out of a reading slump. I liked it so well that I am considering rereading it (laughs) before I turn my Kindle back on the Wi-Fi and it goes back to the library. (laughs) 
So needless to say, I would totally recommend this book with all my heart. (laughs) And I cannot wait for the next books in the series. So the series is named, I think, The League of Extraordinary Women. And this is the first book. So the other ones aren't out yet, but we know they're coming and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) I love that you love this as much as I did. So good. (laughs) Now let's move on to our main segment for the day, a midway through 2020 check-in. First, let's do an update on the life events we anticipated happening when we talked at the end of 2019. When the year started, it felt really open and full of possibilities. The only major event I was anticipating was E starting kindergarten in the fall. And we actually just heard from our district that they will be having in-person classes starting in early August. There are very few details, but at this point, we are excited and planning on sending both kids back to school. May it be so. Yes. Everything else that I had planned for the year has been completely upended, and we're just rolling with it. (laughs) What were you anticipating at the start of the year? I was anticipating first night weaning Pepper, which we did. Yay. Yes. It was really hard to listen to the screaming, but it was only a few nights of that, and now we are all so much better rested. I was also anticipating finding a new school for Plum, Mm -hmm. which we did. She started at the beginning of February. It was good for the five or so weeks she went until the coronavirus shut everything down. Yes. And then I had also mentioned that I might be trying to find new work opportunities here in Birmingham. So I've had the unexpected opportunity to be with my kids all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What positive framing. (laughs) Yeah, right. But in the professional realm, I was actually contacted by a nonprofit research institute in Huntsville after they saw something else that I wrote, and I've written a couple things for them. So that was a new work opportunity that I did not even seek out. Check it off the list. Yeah. (laughs) So what has happened in the first part of this year that you did not anticipate? (laughs) A pandemic. (laughs) And with that, the closing of school suddenly in mid-March and getting to spend 20 or so weeks with everybody in my house home (laughs) together. (laughs) The other unexpected thing was Neil's boss left in early May. I believe I talked about this on our end of 2019 podcast, how it had been a hard 15 months while they were trying to find a replacement, and Mm -hmm. they did. So things were starting to look up and that things would go more back to normal. Now we're back to the not so great part. Mm. Not expected, but here we are. I'm sorry. What were you not expecting in 2020? I mean, basically everything, right? (laughs) Yes. I really thought that I would have preschool and camps this year. And starting in the fall for both my kids, I was really Mm -hmm. looking forward to having two mornings a week where they would be at school together. And it's just all up in the air now. Moving to Birmingham, I thought maybe I'll start a preschool. And then I think I mentioned this, that I got really real with myself about, do I really need to spend that much time with my kids? And (laughs) at that point, my answer was no, but it has inadvertently happened. Mm -hmm. So I think we're making it work, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Yeah. So we talked about things we were hoping to carry forward into 2020. Mm -hmm. How have you done with that? The thing I wanted to carry forward was the love I have for my family, friends, and partner. And I feel this even more strongly in light of the coronavirus Mm. and all being home together, that being with all my people all the time obviously has its challenges, but I also really love them and am reminded of that fact daily. So good. How about for you? 
The thing I wanted to hold on to was the feeling of being loved and watched over and lifted up by my community, even when they're far away, Mm -hmm. which I was really feeling at the end of the year as we had just made our big move. But I think the coronavirus has also reinforced this. Mm -hmm. I am feeling connected and uplifted to people as we all are having this experience, however it looks in our life. Right. But it feels like it has brought me closer to some people. And Mm -hmm. I really love and appreciate that. Nice. So you and I both choose a word for the year that we sort of bring our focus back to every now and then. What was your intention word? I chose the word prioritize. And when I was thinking about my intentions, I was imagining it in a very task-oriented way and thinking about choosing to work toward my goals and taking specific steps toward them rather than doing the quote-unquote easy option. Mm. I was imagining having a lot more time to be pursuing my goals as my kids would be in school much more. Uh-huh. Obviously, that has worked out differently and to be seen how the fall plays out. Mm-hmm. But with everything happening, I've mostly felt the need to prioritize slowing down and lowering expectations all around. That's one of the nice things about intention words is that they can morph <laughs> As you need them to. Yes. I think the exact same thing happened last year when I was not anticipating having cancer and everything that came with that. Uh Uh-huh. So here we are. Yeah. Similar thing has happened for me with my intention word. So I had chosen connect and my goal was to connect with family and self and then also to the broader community here in our new city. That's what's happened definitely to a certain extent, but the broader community part has been tough because we're not really seeing anybody and not feeling super plugged in to that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, then I am connecting and reconnecting to people because of this situation that we're all facing. And it's almost like I've been forced to connect with myself and my spouse and kids Mm -hmm. by how much time we've had together. So (laughs) connection is happening, whether it's how (laughs) I anticipated it would or not. (laughs) Now we're going to switch gears and talk about specific areas in our lives and how we're doing so far this year. We'll start with self-care. I love self-care in all times, but have felt especially called to make sure I'm taking care of myself right now. Mm -hmm. I've been walking and exercising regularly, which has felt really good. Also getting plenty of sleep. Not having to wake up for anything has been great for that. My bedtime has been creeping later. Mm. Because as I'll share, my kids' bedtime is also creeping later. But then we're all sleeping in in the morning. So it works out. Love it. I've also been reading for fun even more than usual, especially what I consider to be pure pleasure reading, Mm -hmm. like lots of romances, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and some rereading, which has been quite enjoyable. Can we also give a shout out to your Kindle? I don't know if we've done that yet on the pod, but you were like not so hot on the Kindle at the end of the year last year. It's true. And I think you and the Kindle have really grown together (laughs) in this time. We have. I am so thankful I had a Kindle when we weren't able to access the library for so long. Yes. And now I really appreciate the convenience of being able to read in bed and lay down with my kids when I don't want to light on and be able to read with them in the evening as well. Love having lots of books and lots of options. Definitely a convert. (laughs) (laughs) I had a goal to meditate every day this year, but that's been a bit of a flop. (laughs) (laughs) I was very consistent through all of January and most of February, but have only sporadically meditated since then and feel pretty okay about that. I think meditation helps me more in the darker months, Hmm. and I feel like I need it less 
in these warmer months where I feel like my mood is already elevated, where in the Hmm. winter, I feel like it really helps me self-regulate in a way. Nice. That's also a good thing to have learned about myself. Absolutely. And thanks to your influence, I am becoming less of an underbuyer. Hooray. Welcome. I'm still on the spectrum of underbuyerness, but everyone in my family now has new underwear, so we aren't constantly running out. No one's wearing (laughs) underwear that's too small for them anymore. I bought new shorts and pants for me because I no longer had any that fit and invested in a bunch of curly hair products after deciding that I was going to grow my hair out. Now that I'm writing those, they seem like pretty normal things that most people buy without thinking about them. Uh But for me... It is progress, and I will celebrate it. (laughs) I'll celebrate with you. How has self-care been for you? I've mentioned before that I went on Zoloft earlier this year. That was a game Mm -hmm. changer in terms of being able to actually do the things that feel like Mm self-care to get to a higher level of function so that I could take care of myself while fulfilling all of my other responsibilities. Walks I've talked about a lot, too. I love the walking, still doing the daily walk that started with staying at home during the pandemic. And then a new thing that I am just recently adding in in terms of self-care is trying to work as minimally as possible during rest time. Yes, I support this. Yeah, and I always knew that you took a break during rest. Mm -hmm. We have other friends who are at-home moms who are definitely not doing anything during rest. But I always felt like if I had work to do, I needed to do it. Yeah. In some cases, that's true. But it also means that if I parent and then work, and then parents, I haven't taken any time for myself in the day at all. Mm -hmm. So then if I still have work to do at night, I need to take like three hours for myself to merge dragons and read about chickens and watch royal family videos or whatever (laughs) it is that I'm doing to do this self-soothing thing. And so then I'll do that from seven to 10, and then I have to start working, and then I don't go to bed. Not great. Yeah. So I'm trying a new thing where I take the hour and a half or two hours of rest time and do whatever I want so that then I have had a break earlier in the day and can start my work earlier, which also means I can go to bed earlier, which is another self-care thing. Mm -hmm. So working on that right now, going to see how that goes. Without having Plum in school and with Pepper going from two naps to one, which he did earlier this year, it was not going to be sustainable anymore to have the day filled like that. Let's talk now about relationships. I felt a really strong need to turn inward at the start of staying at home. Connecting felt exhausting to me as I was getting used to being home with my kids all the time when we hadn't been together like that in a while. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like I have both the energy and the space to engage with friends, both near and far. So that has felt like a much better balance now. I really like having Neil working from home. It was a rough transition the first week to week and a half Mm -hmm. as we were all figuring out how it would be to be in the house together and what everyone needed to get out of the day and how to make that work with each other. But it's been really nice to be able to chat over lunch or check in with each other for five minutes in the afternoon and not to have the commute time. Or if something stressful is happening with the kids, he can be the parent that steps in, which gives me a break and helps with the quality of parenting all around. Mm -hmm. So while working from home has overall been positive with his work situation becoming more stressful, that has translated to the rest of our lives. And I wish I had a positive update, but right now I'm honestly feeling rather bleak about it and it's hard to see our way out of it. Mm. Tomorrow we will celebrate our 11-year anniversary and 
I had been wanting to take a week off with him. We were hoping to do that for our 10-year anniversary, and that didn't happen. And now it feels like we're not going to travel for at least another year. And I really wish we were able to take that time because there's just been a lot that I think would be great to process outside of our regular lives. Mm -hmm. But considering the circumstances, I feel like we're doing okay. Yeah. How have relationships been for you this year? Like I said, I've really enjoyed reconnecting with friends, especially friends in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. because everything is virtual. I've been able to do things like go to my book club, which I didn't really expect to get to do again. Nice. I've also been pleasantly surprised that I have two friends in Birmingham who are really new friends when this all started, but I've been keeping in touch with them pretty consistently, and that feels really nice. And like, we're still working slowly on building something that I'll have to go back to Mm -hmm. when things are more open and we can have playdates and stuff like that. So that's really fun. Like you, we had a big adjustment to Andrew working from home and have also now had a big adjustment to him transitioning back to being in lab. It makes sense for him to go back and it feels plenty safe for him to go back. But then it's also really hard because even though when he was working from home, he was in another room most of the day, I still had someone who could spell me when things got tough, like you're Mm -hmm. talking about, or when I had a phone interview that I really needed to do at a time when the kids aren't resting Mm -hmm. or aren't amenable to being distracted by TV, which works for Plum sometimes, but almost never works for Pepper anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But all of those transitions... And all of the forced closeness, like physical proximity, has led to some really good discussions between Andrew and me. And I'm really feeling thankful for that and for the understanding that we have that has sort of come out of this. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about our health. Mostly I'm feeling good in this regard. I am thankful that we're healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful I'm not having surgery or fighting cancer this year in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. And thankful we're able to afford the food that we need. In terms of specific goals, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to make a point to eat at least five different fruits and vegetables a day, which I really liked that type of goal where it was about adding things in rather than taking things away Mm -hmm. and just being more intentional about making sure I was getting a variety of produce. But in the spring, I started taking an antidepressant both to help with my mood and to help with hot flashes that have been a side effect of cancer-related medications that I'm taking. And it has definitely helped with the moods, but has also drastically reduced my appetite. And I'm still trying to figure out how to work with those changes in a way that feels good, both physically and mentally. Hmm. How have you been feeling health-wise? I've been feeling good about the walking. But feeling like I'd like to add more vegetables to my meals, this has felt especially hard with only shopping every three to four weeks Mm -hmm. and prioritizing things that are more shelf stable. That was one of our big pushes behind doing the garden is to Mm. have at least some things that we're growing here that we can just walk out, put some beans in a colander and steam them up for dinner or something like that. So I am hopeful that that will help. The other thing is that vegetables feel like a lot of work when I'm already parenting all day and preparing multiple meals. Mm -hmm. That by lunch or dinner, which, you know, lunch is right before rest time. So that's right before my break. And dinner is like right at the end of everything. It's like you're lucky if you get an entree, just eat it and (laughs) don't tell me about it. 
So I need to strategize some more about how to get things in because I think that I would feel better eating more fresh food, Mm -hmm. but it's just not happening. Yep. So speaking of parenting, how's that going for you? Surprisingly well, all things considered. (laughs) That's my addendum to everything this year. Under the circumstances, things are okay. I think our kids are at pretty great ages Mm. when the staying at home hit. HP will be eight when this comes out, and E is five and a half. So they can be outside without constant supervision. I'm not worried for their physical safety, Mm -hmm. but still happy to be social with each other and not missing friends to the degree that they would if they were five or six years older. Mm -hmm. We were very socially distant for the first two months, but starting in mid-May, we have been allowing the kids to play with the two other families that live on our street, and they are having the free-range childhood of their dreams. (laughs) That's awesome. Often, the kids leave the house at 9.30 or 10 in the morning, and I won't see them for hours other than for food and bathroom breaks, which has meant that I've had a lot more time to myself during the day, but I never know exactly when the time is going to come, so it's hard to plan for it. Mm -hmm. The worst part of parenting has been bedtime and how late their bedtime is creeping. It's light so late here, especially because we're on the western edge of the eastern time zone, Mm. and so it's hard to get them to fall asleep earlier, and then they stay up late And then they sleep in late, and the cycle continues getting worse (laughs) as time goes on. Yeah. And the main problem with that is just that Neil and I don't have time with just each other. I'm getting the time to myself I need, but being able to have private conversations with Neil and spend time with him that's uninterrupted has been really hard to come by. Mm -hmm. How is parenting going for you? Well, I'm doing a whole lot of it. (laughs) Yep. And I also... I'm really thankful to have two children. Mm -hmm. I am thankful that Pepper is excited to play with Plum. Plum is mostly excited to play with him, too. I'm thankful that they're getting this time together. Mm -hmm. But also with that, I'm starting to see a good amount of sibling conflict. And so I am Mm -hmm. working on how to manage or not manage that. And I think I tend toward the less management. Mm -hmm. But then it's also hard to know where the line is. Yes, I'm also really trying to remember that my default state is that I enjoy my kids. And when I'm not enjoying them, it's usually about me and not them. Hmm. So a lot of self-work around parenting these days. Yeah, that's a great thing to remember and something I could stand to think about more as well. How about your life professionally? How has it looked so far this year? I'm loving working at the library. And I'm hoping to do even more of it if my children really are going to be back in school this fall. And also considering applying for library school to start in the next academic year. Hmm. Interesting. How has your professional life been? My work has been really intense. As a science writer, I'm doing a lot of writing about the coronavirus and related topics, which has felt like a lot, especially without much dedicated work time that's not at night. Yeah. And... I was also contemplating a potential career transition this year and considering nursing school and was thinking about starting to do things like take prereqs and research how many of the things I've already taken would actually count since most of it was years and years ago Mm -hmm. and doing that kind of thing. And I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth for it right now, I think because if I found out that I could do something and I could go and take it and it sounded really exciting. I still can't do it when I don't know about childcare. Right. 
And so it feels like something that I was really excited to research and learn more about and look into potentially for the fall. And it's just all completely on hold. Like so many things. Yep. When we talked about our intentions and goals for the year, we also talked about challenges that we anticipated to really embodying these intentions. Have those challenges come true for you in this first half of the year? And are there new challenges that have come up too? When I was thinking about challenges at the beginning of the year, I was really thinking about how it's so often easy to pick up my phone or watch a TV show instead of doing something that requires more energy but is ultimately more satisfying. I have felt really good being home, feeling like I have been able to prioritize what I want to, but in light of the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, among so many others, it's made me think about the ways I've been prioritizing my own family and thinking of it so inwardly focused Mm. and not about how can I be prioritizing my values in the broader world and working in the fight to end white supremacy, and that I want to find more ways to prioritize engaging in and supporting the activism happening in our country right now, both through organizations like Black Lives Matter and also by politically organizing for the upcoming election that feels ever more important. Mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, you reposted something to our Instagram about how if white people are wondering how they should be engaging right now and feeling like there's no action for them to take, they should stop wringing their hands and start donating their money. (laughs) Yep. And in our situation, that feels very true. So I want to both prioritize learning more, but also doing more in the fight for anti-racism. I really love this because I think this is another way where intention words can expand to fit the current scenario. Because when I think about my word connect to all of those things that you're talking about, wanting to prioritize what's important fits within that as well. So Mm -hmm. the challenge that I had anticipated in terms of connection was that it's much easier for me to zone out, check out, numb out Mm -hmm. than to make the effort to connect with possible friends, already friends, to connect with really hard things. But I think it's even harder to live them. Absolutely. So in terms of those challenges, I think I am still having them. But one thing that has really helped is Zoloft. I was like, it's just so hard for me to do this. I just want to numb out. And that was my mental health. That Mm -hmm. was the issue. And Zoloft has really changed that. Mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out to the friends who encouraged me to talk to my nurse practitioner about medication. And I want to also give a shout out to my nurse practitioner who's been really thoughtful about it as we figure out the right dose and change the dose as it seems like I need more as things get harder in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really thankful for that because I think maybe for the first time in my life, I've been more able to stay connected to these things that feel really important. Hmm. So thinking about the near future, what are you anticipating in the second half of 2020, both in terms of general events and challenges that might come up? We are so excited for school to likely, hopefully, possibly be starting in August. I think the kids will really thrive being back with their friends in that more structured environment. And they have been loving the relaxed schedule and loads of free time that they have right now. But after essentially two summers of that, it will be great to be back to some structure for all of us. Mm -hmm. More broadly, I am thinking a lot about how I can best engage with the world in what will no doubt be a tumultuous few months leading up to the election and how to be involved and informed, but let that lead to action rather than to anxiety. What are you anticipating for the second half of the year? Just coping with all the unknowns. There are so many of them. 
So many. I do know for a fact that we're getting chickens in July. Little chicken Yay. update. <laughs> <laughs> I turned my obsession into soon-to-be reality. <laughs> and I'm really psyched about it. But will school happen? Will we travel anywhere? When will we see family? Will we see friends? No idea. Yep. How do you want to be intentional about the year going forward? I want to continue to take it as it comes and not try and look so far forward because Mm. there are so many unknowns and that's when I start to spiral is when I'm looking weeks or months ahead as opposed to just focusing on where we are and also continuing to feel gratitude for what we have and ways that we can best share that with our community. What are you planning to be intentional about? I love this reminder to refocus on the intentions that we set. Mm -hmm. I want to embrace this idea of connecting with the people in my life and with myself and to these things that are happening in our larger world. Seems like really important work right now. And this year, it especially feels helpful to take this break out because so many things have felt like they've fallen apart. Yes. Almost like, well, there goes 2020. Just going to let it all go. It's nice to rethink of, okay, what can I focus on? What can I make happen this year? Yeah. All this stuff happened, yet there's so much opportunity in that falling apart. Exactly. Well, that's our year so far. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about your years. If you set intentions, how are those going? How are you coping? Tell us more. Let's finish by talking about what we've been eating. I want to share about pastizio, which is Greek lasagna. My mom self-quarantined for two weeks and then drove from Dallas to Birmingham so that she could be with us the week that Andrew went back to work. It was such a gift to have my mom here, whom I love. It was so wonderful to have another adult. The kids were in heaven with their Shaja here. And she cooked for us a lot. Nice. And one of the things she cooked was this dish, pastizio. It's basically just some spiced meat with a little bit of sauce layered with pasta. And then bechamel sauce, basically, and cheese on top. Mm. It's pretty much incredible. It makes a giant pan. We had some even in leftover form after she was gone, which felt like a little high five from mom being there. May not make it myself because it was kind of a lot of work, but was really thankful that she did. Sounds delicious. What have you been eating? I tried a cold peanut noodle salad from Budget Bites. Budget Bites is one of my go-to sources for meals. And Mm -hmm. before our last big grocery trip, I did some browsing of their vegetarian options and have been trying those out. And I especially have trouble finding good summer meals that feel Mm. light but filling. Yes. And this is whole wheat spaghetti noodles that you cook. And then you make a peanut lime sauce with lime juice, peanut butter, soy sauce, ginger, garlic, and brown sugar. Mm. My one recommendation is to make more sauce than what it calls for. Oh, yes. I often do that for noodly things. <laughs> or to have less noodles. It felt really noodle heavy. Mm. I would prefer a different ratio. But the flavors were excellent. It also had grated purple cabbage, grated carrots, and green onions. Mm. And it seems like one of those dishes that can be so flexible with whatever you have that you can just take the sauce and put it on anything. Sounds awesome. Needs a few tweaks, but will definitely be part of our rotation. I have really been feeling that, that I am needing some more cool summer dinners. Listeners, if you have any suggestions, send them our way. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. 
You can find more details about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. And if you want to weigh in on anything we talked about, you can leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Somebody just ran down the hallway, and I have a feeling they're about to run back. Thump, 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 thump. So I'm just waiting to see if that's true. Nope, there they go. I heard it. (laughs) Indeed. All right. Let's wrap it up. So think... (laughs) Okay.